truly, Father, seek your will and do it. As David, Father, as we've been exhorted over the years, over the days, you said about David, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. And I pray, Father, that our will will be to do your will. Because you said in your word, if any man wills to do my will, he will know of the doctrine. And therefore this morning, I pray, Father, Lord, you would speak to us. That we will know, that we will understand, that we will test and prove that which is good, the acceptable and the perfect will of God. That you would transform us by the renewing of our mind, O Lord. That we will not conform to the pattern of this world. To that end, we surrender ourselves to you, O Lord Jesus. Surrender our minds, our bodies, Father, our hands, our feet, everything, O Lord Jesus, our bodies, especially our minds this morning, that you would keep us focused on you, O Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Come at this time into your hands. Speak to us, be with us. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Alrighty. So we'll then turn, turn to first today, this morning, we'll look at uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 onwards. Um, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify or fulfill the lust of your flesh. Walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the lust of your flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Verse 18 will say, um, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Uh, one of the most powerful wars that we have to wage will be the war against the flesh. Okay, Constant battle. It's interesting in the book of uh, Exodus chapter 17, don't have to turn there, when um, Joshua uh, is fighting with the Amalekites, it says Joshua defeated Amalekites. He didn't he doesn't say that he killed the Amalekites. He defeated. Okay, of course, there would, there would have definitely been a slaughter. But the point there is, uh, the war against the flesh is every day. Every day. Every day. And primarily, it is my will or God's will. These are the two wars that we will have. Constantly, <laughs> lifelong fight. So, the flesh lusts against the spirit, it says. Okay. So the flesh is against the spirit. The world is also against the spirit. If you turn to James chapter 4 and verse 4 and 5, 4 and 5, it says, Adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says the spirit who dwells in you yearns jealously? Okay, so... The flesh and the world, the world outside, the flesh inside, and these are absolute good friends with each other. And you and, and you can see in one John chapter two. In fact, you'll see it in verses fifteen uh, to seventeen. It says, "We know this verses very well." It says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and what is in the world, the lust of the flesh. You see that again, and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is." Of the world, so you see, there's a conflict. The world outside, the flesh, a part of us, 
Um, the picture, actually, if you uh, look at um, Romans chapter 7, you'll see uh, Paul talking about this conflict that he has got. Um, one of the most, uh, ex- what do you say, horrible p- punishments or during the Roman uh, Empire was, uh, what people used to do is uh, take a, a live man and tie him to a body of a dead man. Okay, literally. And throw him out to, at the, uh, uh, near the uh, dump, of, I mean, just uh, alongside the road. And what would happen is, the dead body used to... Uh, decay and the maggots which used to come out of the dead body would kill this guy the live man okay and that's the picture that paul has in romans chapter 7 who will save me from the body of this death okay and he says if you live according to the flesh you will die and it says in ephesians chapter 4 it says the fle- the, the the older man the flesh is growing more and more wicked by the deceitful lusts it says and therefore you should be transformed by the spirit of your mind and put on the new man okay put off the old man the port put off the which is growing corrupt actually you can turn there ephesians chapter 4 verses 21 if i'm right 20 21 okay uh, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt, verse 22, according to deceitful lust, and that is growing corrupt. You know what corruption is, right? It's going, getting decayed and decayed. And so if you have that fellow, and what is happening, it's going to just enter into that new guy who, which is born of God and just finish him off. Okay. And therefore you have to constantly keep putting off the old man which is growing corrupt. With a deceitful heart. That's a picture, you see. And therefore, this war has to be waged every day. We cannot take these things lightly. And he says, then be transformed in the spirit of your mind. Arrive uses the word attitude of your mind. And put on the new man. It's verse 24. Uh, which is uh, which uh, put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and in holiness. That will keep you pure. Righteousness and holiness tends to eternal life, whereas flesh tends to corruption and therefore one day eternal punishment. And therefore it says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Why? Because that is getting corrupt and corrupt and corrupt, and all the maggots in the flesh will come out and eat up whatever is left of the, uh, whatever is of the bottom of the spirit. It's a picture that you have. And therefore, you don't take these things lightly. So you have flesh and the spirit, flesh, uh, sorry, flesh and the world outside, the flesh inside, they have friends together, and how do you know primarily that you have flesh? If you turn to John's Gospel chapter 60, 6 verse 60, John's Gospel chapter 6 verse 60 onwards, and I'll tell you a few verses from there. And many of his disciples, when they heard this, this is a, they said, this is a hard teaching. Who can understand this? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this thing, he said, does this offend you? And then he says, uh, what then if you see the Son of Man? Verse 63. It is a spirit who gives life, a flesh, profits, nothing. So your offense is because your what got offended? Flesh got offended. And the, one of the things that flesh always constantly does is it gets offended. So whenever you are getting offended, you know we all get offended, is because the flesh is very strong in those areas especially. The words that I speak to you are spirit and life. And spirit loves it. The spirit delights, it says. In the words of God. But the flesh hates. Genesis chapter 6 verse 3 will say, My spirit shall not what? Contend with flesh. Yeah. 
my spirit shall not strive with man actually uh, for forever for he indeed is flesh yet his days shall be 120 so spirit will not contend with uh, will not uh, contend with flesh forever so there's only one thing for the flesh it has to be crucified mortified yeah exactly mortification of the flesh another thing flesh is it cannot stand prayer you know that right Ma- Ma- matthew chapter uh, 26 verses 38 to 41 yeah so thus. then he said to my uh, said to them my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death stay here and watch with me he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed oh my father if it is possible let this cup uh, pass from me nevertheless not as i will but as your will okay then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to peter what could you not watch with me one hour watch and pray lest you enter into temptation the spirit indeed is willing I told you, right? The spirit delights, but the flesh is weak. Spirit is, is indeed willing for what? For prayer. Flesh is, you see, you go, especially if you do all night prayer, you'll know. But if you finish all night prayer, you do night out for anything else, and you do all night prayer. Two, two different contradictory experiences. See, if you do uh, night out, and you sleep for three or four hours, and you'll, you'll be freshed. On the contrary, if you do all night prayer, you should see how weak you will feel. You will see the weakness in your body. You will experience that. Because flesh hates it. Okay. So this is a battle which is going on between the two. Okay. And every day, that fellow has to be put to death. That's what you call as reckon yourself what? Dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. These two things you have to reckon. Reckon yourself dead. That is an accounting term. Reckon. (laughs) Reckon yourself indeed. Dead indeed unto sin. So there is a conflict between the two. This is an age old conflict. Right from the time Israel came out of the promised land and they have passed through the Red Sea and uh, they eat (coughs) manna. They drink the waters of Mara and Mary add waters of Meribah and Mara, right? What happens? Yeah, I have, I have it, Peter. I have, thank you. I know. Yeah, just for your, okay, thank you so much, yeah. Okay, so Mara and Meribah, the first battle they fight is the battle against the Amalekites. And this keeps happening all over. Type of this and a picture of this, the man of the flesh and a man of the spirit in some sense, is we find these pictures throughout the Bible. And one place where actually this kind of, I mean, you find it in some interesting detail is in the book of Esther. You have this guy called Haman, okay, and uh, and you have Mordecai. You have three characters basically, four characters in the entire Bible. First is Xerxes, the guy who is given to pleasure and eating and drinking and unbridled passions. Can you imagine? He has a harem full of uh, women and it's 
it's it's real interesting detail is is given in the book of Esther about this guy's lifestyle. Full partying, 180 days party, Baba. Six months party. And of course, he the entire province, 127 province uh, provinces from India all the way to Ethiopia. So many provinces. So he calls everybody by turns. So it t- takes six months for all the satraps all around the world to come to the king and have a party. Six months of party. So three kinds of parties he's got. Party with the nobles. Madam also, Avashti also has a party for the women. Another, another party. Three kinds of parties he's got. Party, party, party. Esther also, once he has Esther as a queen, another party. <coughs> and Esther's banquet. She has five banquets in the book of Esther. Full eating only. Hmm? Guy who's been totally given to the world. I mean, who lives by his passions and he has absolute no control over his anger. He's given to drinking and he has no control over his anger. And then of course you have um, Esther and you have Mordecai and you have the Haman, the protagonist. The antagonist is uh, um, Haman and the protagonist is Mordecai, not Esther. Okay, According to me it is Mordecai. Mordecai is the guy who is who is the protagonist of the entire, sto- uh, entire plot and Esther is the one who is mentored discipled by Mordecai that's the that's how I look at the whole book but before we look at uh, the protagonist we look at the antagonist okay turn with me to uh, Esther chapter 3 Esther chapter 3 <clears throat> okay this is just before uh, Mordecai sees a plot to kill the king uh, two people of two chamberlain it says uh, the eunuchs, uh, they plot, they, uh, they have a plot to assassinate, uh, Mordecai. Now, why are they plotting, planning to assassinate Mordecai is not very clear. Conjecture is, those, those two eunuchs were friendly with Vashti, and they were totally frustrated with the fact that Vashti is no longer the queen, and they somehow wanted to finish off, um, the king. That's a conjecture. I mean, so many people talk about it. That's we don't know. There could be several other reasons. But then Mordecai has been, um, he, uh, investi- uh, he finds out about the plot and he intimates the, the, the queen and queen intimates, uh, the king and, and mentions Mordecai by name, by the way. And then, of course, Mordecai, uh, and king, uh, forgets. He hangs those two fellows and he forgets about Mordecai. And then suddenly, we are introduced in chapter 3, uh, about this fellow comes from nowhere, he comes into the scene, he is Haman the Agagite, if you turn there, to Esther chapter 3. And after these things, King Ahasuerus promoted Haman, the king of Hamadatha, the Agagite. And we know what Agagite, who Agagite is, he is from the, the clan of the Amalekites. And advanced him and set his seat above all the provinces who were with him. Now the point here is this, what did Haman do to deserve this? You see, the Bible is very silent. Okay, you have uh, one Mordecai who literally saved the king's life and he didn't get any recognition. And then this Haman, from nowhere he comes and becomes the uh, uh, chief, I mean, literally the prime minister. He's literally next to the king. All the princes who were with him. He was set above all the princes who were with him. How did this guy come to that point? 
His promotion did not have anything to do with character. See, a lot of people, it's not, it's not just necessarily that he is not a very hardworking guy. He could be. Nothing is given about his character, but one thing very interestingly is mentioned. If you turn to chapter 3 and verse 7, something interesting is mentioned. Ah, <clears throat> uh, sorry. Verse 8, uh, excuse me, just give me a second please. Uh, chapter 3 and verse uh, 9, verse 9 please, verse 9. Hmm. If it pleases the king, let a decree be written that they be destroyed and I will pay how many ten? How many thousand? Ten thousand talents of silver into the hand of those who work to bring it into the... So you have a clue as to how this fellow rose to power. What's his agenda? How did he rise to power? Through bribing and through flattery. Or if you want to put it modern day equivalent, it's called lobbying. He literally put millions and millions of dollars into the king's campaign, if you will. He rose to power. See, Suddenly from nowhere, 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents is not an ordinary money. It's a huge amount of money. And this fellow was a, pro, a fellow of pro, prominence and uh, and he wanted, you know, uh, in movie, Hindi movies dialogue, you know, all the politicians are in my hands. They are in my pocket or something like that. How is he able to come to that point? By flattery, through bribery, through treachery, through deceit. Okay. Full of lobbying and money. It just pumps into the campaign. That's how exactly how it happened <laughs> in our, in our days and, uh, I mean, not only all around the world, even in our own country it happens. It's bought. Okay. Um, Money is just literally distributed during elections. And the people are also equally interesting. They will take money from all the parties. <laughs> and they will vote to the party which they like or which gives them the highest money, basically. Okay. So this is there all, over, all around. So this is how he came to power. Okay. It's not through character. That is the reason why promotion does not come from the east or from the west. It comes from God. Okay, that's how he, uh, even Abraham got his promotion. Not from he, uh, from looking at Sodom and pr- trying to promote himself. He just looked down, and then God said, "Look up, lift up your head, and look around." Okay, that is God's way. Okay, it's not through shortcuts. It's not through treachery. This is this is how. The flesh is. And what, what, what it means is this. First thing, this is Haman is a personification of the man of the flesh. He's the Amalekite. He's the Agagite. It is not even an Amalekite. Whose Agagite means he's of the descendants of Agag, who is the king of the Amalekites. You understand? There's a conflict, my dear brothers. See, and what is he, this fellow's agenda? If you look at verse 8, look at verse 8. Then Haman said to the king, there is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from all other peoples. What is he against? He's against the law of God. He's a man of the flesh, he's a carnal guy. 
if you if you turn to i i give you that uh, that uh, hebrews chapter uh, sorry romans chapter 8 ppt if you can put it up please for me <clears throat> romans chapter 8 <clears throat> he is a man of the flesh okay and also after that psalm 94 i'll tell you the exact verse Is it there? It should be there because it's there in your open song. So, so Romans 8, PPT. Yeah. Is it coming or no? Or should I read it? Okay, I'm reading Romans 8 verse... uh yeah five onwards okay it says those who okay is it there if it's there it's went fantastic okay no problem if it's not there it's there okay fine it's romans 8 i put it in the open song all right i i like the rendering in the modern niv it's not the old niv it's the modern niv it's a slight they say that the niv version is the only version they have done maximum amount of research it's okay but um, some things are good not all okay you should have the maturity to eat up the bo- meat and spit out the bones what should you do eat the meat and spit out the bones okay romans 8 those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires Okay, and both those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit. And verse seven, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God and does not submit to God's law. What rendering it is, nor can it do so. The, therefore, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please god you see all those words is over the minds set governed by the flesh mind governed by the spirit and the realm of the flesh see realm of the flesh and this guy is absolutely a guy who is hostile to god's law and what does he want to do he wants to set up laws which are contrary to god's law 9420 now 9420 9420 it says very interesting different translations we'll see okay nkjb you can you can put no problem hmm. shall the throne of iniquity which devises evil by law you see that shall the throne of iniquity which devises evil by law have fellowship with you and was another translation maybe you can put it in niv can a corrupt throne be allied with you one that brings on misery by its decrees okay esv also is fantastic fantastic can wicked rulers be allied with you those who frame injustice by statute look at this this exactly what he wants what what he wants to do this guy is a wicked guy he is contrary to the law of god he is the enemy of the law of god and he wants to set up a law okay we want to set up a law which is an unrighteous law and that's exactly what is happening now 
There are laws, laws which are unrighteous. I mean, it's interesting, no? When I was uh, applying for universities abroad, this is about 10 years back, 15 years back, more than that, okay, 2004, 2003-2004, application form. I'm talking about American Canadian universities. Okay, name, gender, male, female, only two options. Now, 15 years down the line, 16 years down the line, okay, male, uh, name, preferred personal pronoun, 20 options, xai, her, her, xer, these are options. I'm talking about application forms not to humanities department. I'm talking to engineering department. Science and technology. What has it become? Unrighteous decrease by law. They have made it into a law. And he's going to do that. He's the man of sin. He's a literally personification of the man of lawlessness. And how has he come to power? Through bribery, through treachery, and through lawlessness. And through flattery. Look at what it says in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 6, about this man of sin. Hmm? How, how does he come to power? Now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our gathering together with him, we ask you, ah, what is it? The not to be soon troubled in mind, either by word, or by spirit, or by letter, as if it is from us, as though the day of Christ has already come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for the day will not come, unless first what happens, the falling away comes first. I mean, and I was telling Pastor the other day, I said, 2020 was the falling away of so many people. Falling away. This man will be for the reason for the rise and fall of many in Israel. And 2020 was a year of rising and falling. Literally. Unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. So for the man of sin to be revealed, what should happen? There should be an incredible amount of apostasy that should happen. And when where there is apostasy, there will also be a gathering. Both these things simultaneously, simultaneously will be happening. There will be an apostasy or what we call as a divorcing from God. Okay. That's what he says, no? I've given her a what? What? Jeremiah, I have given her a certificate of divorce and I have sent her away because she is joined to our idols anyway. Okay. And then what happens? Verse 4, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called law, that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's exactly what Haman is fully preoccupied with. You know what? I should be worshipped. I should be worshipped. I should be worshipped. You know what the word Haman means? Numero you know. That's what it means. Magnificent. So one translation, another translation renders it as the number one. You see, you will come to them. I don't want to go ahead of myself. Okay. In fact, you will read the book of Esther. It is a superb drama. Superb. 
I don't think any uh, movie can actually uh, come up with a screenplay and a script like this. How the screenplay and the script, the interjections, the play, the the act one, scene one, scene two, scene three, suddenly another scene that the king is not able to sleep. It's amazing. The drama is amazing. The protagonist, the antagonist, and uh, the hero and the heroine. Useless hero? <laughs> totally given to pleasure. Completely given to pleasure. And look at how those guys, the whole, the book of Esther starts by a bunch of guys who come to the king and say, you know what, there should be a law. If this is not the law, all the wives will no longer honor their husbands and it is going to become a law. It's not going to become a See, they want to do arm twisting to get love out. It's not going to happen in the kingdom of God. No, the God does not do that. He doesn't twist your arm. You know what it says? The goodness of God. What? Leads you to repentance. The letter kills. What brings life? The spirit brings life. Where the spirit is Lord, there is liberty. If you love me, you will keep my commands and my commands are not burdensome. There's only one law in the kingdom of God. It is the law of love. And that's exactly what it says in Romans chapter 13. All the law is fulfilled in this one commandment. What is that? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Because love desires no, what do you call, harm to his neighbor. Everything is fulfilled in this one law. And what is that? The law of love. That is the reason why Romans chapter 8 verse 4 says that the righteous requirement of the law may be fulfilled where? In us, in those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And how does the righteous requirement of the law be fulfilled in us? God sent his only son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in his flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law may be fulfilled in us. That is how he did it. He did it by loving us until death and being obedient to the father until death. Loving the Father until death, even the death on the cross. Okay, so when you see the cross, you know that God loves us. And therefore, our life is a response. I like what uh, Adrian said, worship is response. It cannot be manufactured. What a statement. I mean, that I think that is something which you can uh, patent it. <laughs> okay, something which you cannot manufacture. It is a response to what God has done for us in our lives. You cannot force it. And what happens? They want to do laws to force love. It's not going to happen. And Vashti is removed. And then, of course, this they have a brilliant idea. He's missing Vashti suddenly. When the king's anger subsided, he misses Vashti. So whole story is remarkable actually. Okay, anyway, let's move on. So he's what? This guy is a guy who's always thinking about himself. And verse 6, verse 5 and 6 of uh, Thessalonians. Oh, so yeah, sorry, Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. <clears throat> yeah. Do you, do you not, uh, do you not remember that when we were still with you, you, uh, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining. That he may be revealed in his own time. He's going to be revealed. The man of lawlessness will be revealed. And a type of it is given in Haman. Okay. And you had another type called Hitler. Somebody think it was uh, Vernon McGee. You know, Vernon McGee made a statement. He said, the Jew has attended the funeral of every man who wanted to kill him. <laughs> I like that. The Jew has attended the funeral of every man who wanted to kill him. 
Varun may give. An interesting statement. And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. Verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already a work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. And what is happening? What will happen in the last days? According to Matthew chapter 24 verse 12 and 13. And because lawlessness will abound, what will happen to many? The love of many will grow cold. They'll become cold. Yesterday, Peter was singing that song, no? Don't let my love grow cold. Why? Because we are living in a time where the world is a love stealer. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him for all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father. Okay. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. You cannot, we cannot have divided loyalties anymore. Our heart should be undivided like Psalm 86 verse 11 will say, Lord, unite my heart to fear or reverence your name. Unite my heart to fear your name. The coming of the lawless one. This is a lawless boy, lawless guy. And what is he? He always thinks about himself. And not only that, you see, his character is this, is always Thinking about himself. That's his character. Okay. His character is there. And what is the source of his power though? See, he wants to exterminate the Jews. What is his agenda? Turn to Esther chapter 7. Sorry. uh, Chapter yeah 7. And verse 4. Actually 3 and 4. We'll come to that. The queen Esther answered him, answered him and said, I have found favor, if I found favor in, in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given to me as my petition and my people at my request. For we have been sold, my people and I, to be destroyed, to be killed, to be... What does this thief come to? Steal, kill and destroy. This is exactly the agenda of Haman. So through the flesh, you know what enemy does, is trying to do? He wants to finish us off. And what is actually he? What is he actually in spirit? Look at what it says in uh, same chapter 7 and verse 6. And Esther said, the adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. You know word for enemy? Poneros in the Septuagint. Who's Poneros? The evil one. Hmm. It's literally the embodiment of Satan himself. The spirit of Antichrist. Second John chapter 1 verse 7. Second John chapter 1 verse 7. <clears throat> you know this very well. Hmm? For many deceivers have gone out into the world though in, who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a de- deceiver and he is the Antichrist. And this is exactly what Haman does. You know what he deceives and his agenda is three. To destroy, to slaughter, to annihilate. Completely. To steal, king, kill and to destroyed. That is what his agenda is. But what is his, that's his character. But what is his source? Esther chapter 3 verse 7. Esther chapter 3 verse 7. In the first month, which is the month of Nisan. What is the month of Nisan? Anybody knows? What is the other name for the month of Nisan? Abib. Uh, Which is nothing but what? The day of the Passover. The month of Passover. 
No, look at what it says. This is very interesting. In the first month, which is the month of Nisan, the twelfth year of King Asaras, they cast Pur or the lots before Haman to determine the day and the month until it fell on the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar. So what is he using? Witchcraft. That's his source. The reason why Bible says the wisdom that is from below is earthly, it is sensual, it is demonic. His wisdom is demonic. Okay. And his lifestyle is that of boasting. Another things about his character. Let us look at some of the things about his character. Let's turn to Esther, uh, Esther chapter 5. This is after Queen Esther uh, invites him for dinner. Remember that story? Okay. We'll come to Amurthakai a little later. But first let us look at Aman. Verse 9 onwards. 5 verse 9. So Haman went out that day joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, you know in your Bible, underline king's gate. Okay. That is where you will find one guy, always. Who's this guy? Mordecai. Okay. The, from the day he is appointed at the king's gate, he's always there. We'll come to that point later on. That he did not stand nor tremble before him. He was filled with indignation against Mordecai. And then verse 10. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home. And he sent and called for his friends and his wife, Zeresh. You see, this guy is a very insecure guy. He always wants somebody to approve him. Okay. This guy does not bow before him. Does not restrain him. He scares him. He, could, he doesn't. He stands up to him. He refuses to bow down to him. He refuses to uh, give him homage. Then he called his friends and his wife Zeresh. Then Haman told them of his great riches, the multitude of his children, everything in which the king had promoted him and how he has advanced him above the officials and the servants of the king. And then was moreover Haman said, besides Queen Esther invited no one but me. Actually, uh, NIV says, only me. It's a, our Indian translation. Me only. Of all the people, me only she found. Besides, Queen Esther invited no one but me only to come in with the king to the banquet that she prepared and tomorrow I'm again invited by her along with the king. Yet all this avails me nothing so long as I see that Mordecai, the Jew, sitting at the king's place. And let me tell you something. We'll come to Mordecai, you know. They said, no. As long as you see one Jew living on earth, you know there is a God in heaven. Because who got the law? The Jews. So if you eliminate the Jews, their, their, their demonic agenda is, if you eliminate the Jews, then we can have a clear, I mean, we don't have to have any, we'll have a clear conscience, meaning our conscience will not be bothered. As long as one Jew is alive, he will be an indictment against me. Because his law will constantly be pricking me, pricking me, pricking me, pricking me. And my conscience will keep on bothering him, bothering me. The one guy who is uncompromised in an office will prick the hearts of everybody else who is compromised. 
And one guy who is uncompromised in the church will prick the hearts of everybody who is compromised. Right? And that's the reason why the flesh lusts against the spirit. And that is the reason why God says, Jacob I loved. I, I hated. Seven things are an abomination to the Lord, it says. Go to Proverbs chapter 6. And verse 10 and 11 if I'm right. Or 9, yeah. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 9. Onwards. Yeah. Uh, 11, 11, 11. 11 onwards. 12 onwards actually. Six things are an abomination to the Lord. 12 onwards. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. These six things the Lord hates. Okay, the Lord hates Esau. And the Lord hates these six things. Where? In Esau. And in the Amalekites eventually. Seven are an abomination to him. Therefore, he's, a, he's got a, what kind of a hatred? Perfect hatred. X, X plus one. X is equal to six. Okay. What are they? A proud look. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises, what plans? Wicked plans. Feet that are swift to running to evil. That's exactly what Haman does. After he makes a decree, he sends it by what? Couriers. Not, uh, India Post. Dell, Blue Dart, DHL, Speed Post. By couriers, he sends it. And you see the, you see a perfect man whom God hates perfectly is Haman. <laughs> a false witness who speaks what? Lies. And the one who sows discord in the brethren. Actually, the word, the word for here is the son of Belial, actually. The perfect son of Belial is in Haman. Perfect son of Bilal. Now what is his character? His character is always about himself. And let's go back to Esther chapter 5. So what does he do? He boasts about everything. And none of this gives me any satisfaction until I finish off that one Jew who is confronting me. There are a lot of compromised Jews. But there is one Jew who is standing up to me and who will not compromise. And as long as that follows there, you know, my conscience keeps on bothering me. Right. What does Ishmael do? He mocks Isaac. That which is of the flesh will always what? Persecute that which is of the spirit. You look at the entire account of the book of Acts. Why did the Jews want to persecute Paul? Because of envy. Envy, 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 envy. Everywhere envy. And why did the Pharisees want to kill Jesus? Because of envy. Where envy and jealousy is, don't boast, for this kind of wisdom does not come from above, it comes from, it is earthly, it is sensual, sensual means it is devoid of the spirit, it is soulish, it is sukikos. See, there is a latent power of the soul. A lot of things are done out of our brain box, even study of the scripture. Try to analyze, study, get concordances, get get uh, all kinds of study guides and put one thing, nice intelligent sermon, very intelligent sermon, but it devoid of the spirit. What does it bring? Might give you an intellectually, it might simulate you, stimulate you, simulate and stimulate you intellectually. And give you a high, but after a while, what did I hear? It's gone. There's no transaction. 
of life which takes place. So what does he do? Then verse, let's go back. Yeah. Yet all this makes no avail until I see that Mordecai, uh, uh, Jude sitting at the king's gate. And verse 13. <clears throat> when his wife Zeresh and all his friends said to him, let a, let gallows be made 50 cubits high and in the morning suggest to the king that Mordecai be hanged on it. Then go merrily with the king to the banquet. Look at this. Zeresh, this wicked woman. <clears throat> Remember, there's a giant called despair. And he had, she, he had a wife. I forget her name. And what was her agenda? Giant despair and his wife come together and finish those fellows off. Finish those fellows off. <clears throat> In the cave. Okay. Doubting castle. Okay. Giant despair takes these um, Christian and uh, faithful, if I'm right, or hopeful. <coughs> In the hopeful. Hopeful into the doubting castle, and when they once they are in the doubting castle, he constantly and he has got a wife. I forget the name of the wife. Very interesting, huh? Defidence, yeah. Defidence, yes, Mrs. Defidence, Mrs. Despair. Ask them to kill themselves or do something and finish them off by tomorrow. Okay, that is Zeresh, the equivalent of Mrs. Despair. Let gallows be made. Fifty cubits high in the morning suggests the king that Mordecai should be hanged in it and go merrily with the king to the banquet. And the king, and the thing pleased Haman so that he had the gallows made. Look at this. This guy, he loves the food in the king's table. I told, I tell you, no. This king's table you'll find everywhere in the Bible. That's what Proverbs says. When you sit with a king to eat at his table, what should you have? A knife around your neck. Why? If you are a man given to Appetite, ah, because that king's table is dangerous. Where were the prophets of Baal being fed, fed from? The table of Jezebel and Ahab. What was it? Full of sensuality and all kinds of luxurious food. The, what is that? The state feeds you. Remember, during the time of, even now, if I'm right, in Germany. All the pastors in all the universe, in all the, uh, in, in the Lutheran churches in, 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 uh, in Germany, they are sponsored by the state. They have government salaries. They're government employees. So, in the tax of Germany, there are two taxes. There is income tax as well as what we call as a state tax which is given to the church. And who, what does, where do the, where do the, all these parishioners get their salary from? From the church. They're compromised. And where did you get all kinds of upper criticism, lower criticism, higher criticism, this criticism, textual criticism from, from where did it get, where did it get, uh, come from? From Germany. All the abominations, including Luther, came from Germany. The worst anti-Semitism came from Germany. It's remarkable. Which was the, which was the country which was capable of the worst anti-Semitism? According to one man of God, he says, it was a country which was advanced in technology, military, arts, theology, theater, everything. 
And these people whom you least expected to be the most barbaric were the most barbaric. And they were so barbaric, it says, that when Germany knew that they were about to uh, to lose the war, you know what they did? They expedited the, prop, the, the, the process of killing of the remaining Jews in the country. Now, instead of uh, warding of the enemy, they concentrated all the resources in finishing off the rest of the Jews which are in their country. And they sent them in the, in by dozens in, in, in the, into the concentration camps and finished them off. That is how demonic it was. See, state sponsored. When the state and the, and the, and the church come together, where are the priests eating from? They're eating from the king's table now. Sumptuously. You know what are the powers of darkness are scared of? The powers of darkness are scared of an Elijah company which refuses to eat anything from the king's table. And they are completely dependent upon God for sustenance. How much sustenance? A beak full of food. What? Have you seen a crow? How much food can it get? Okay, crows. How much food can a crows get? How many times? Twice in a day. You eat of the food which was brought by the crows and you will drink from the water which is drying and the water is drying and drying and drying and is completely dry now. Now naturally you will say, okay, the water is dry, where should I go? Is the next question. Will Elijah, Elijah move? Elijah moves only when what comes and the word of the Lord comes to him and says go to what? Zerephath now. Now if the word of the Lord did not come, what would he do? Die there. That is what it is. It is obedience unto death what the powers of darkness are scared of. Not nothing else. They are finished because this fellow cannot be bought. He cannot be bought. He is absolutely uncompromising. So if God says, don't go, he will not go. What about my food, Lord? What a man. I mean, yesterday the pastor was saying, you know, why was Elijah still kept for 6,000 years? Where will you find such kind of a man whose obedience is like that? He will not move until the word of the Lord. That means he will not live by his, uh, you know, God has given us a brain. We should think practically. You should be pragmatic. Okay, the water is over. What should we do? Now let us go and search for water. No! He's not going to move until the word of the Lord comes. That is the reason why they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony and they did not love their lives. Meaning what? Until death. Meaning what? Their obedience was what? Obedience unto death. That's what it is. He was ears to hear. Let this. Let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. And if you find that kind of a man, the powers of darkness are finished. Finished. What will you do with this guy? What can you intimidate him? This guy is already finished. I mean, he's dead completely. He moves at the will of God. You know, you look at his testimony. Lord, I only am left in all Israel. That's his testimony. What a testimony. There's a testimony that people have about you. There's a testimony you have to have about yourself and there's a testimony of God has to have about you. Three testimonies are important in life. All are important. 
That's what it. That's what it. That's what it says in First uh, Timothy chapter three. The deacons has, should have a testimony of those who are outside. Otherwise, they will come come into the same condemnation of the state of Satan. It says they should not be a novice. First thing, they should not be a new convert. Second thing, they should have a good testimony of those who are. That means you, you should go and ask uh, in in the places that you worked. What kind of a pers- employee was Vijay? Lazy fellow. Or did was he hardworking? Was he he sincere? Was he doing the best that he can in whatever he was doing? What is your testimony? Should be. I mean, that should be what everybody should be longing after. Longing for. Right? Anyway, that is besides the point. Look at this. This is obedience until death. And this guy, Haman, is a guy full of... Man full of pleasure seeking. I'll show you. Turn to Esther chapter uh, uh, f- 3 and verse 14 and 15. This is again about Haman. A man given to pleasure. A copy of the document. This was, this was essentially the law which was made to exterminate the Jews. Okay, A copy of the document was to be issued as law in every province being published for all people that they should be that should they should be ready uh, for that day. And verse 15, couriers were sent out. I told you, not ordinary po- po- postmen. It is couriers. And those days, I don't know what couriers, the fastest horses maybe. It says actually in the other, uh, when once uh, Mordecai becomes the king, the fastest of the king's horses were taken to dispatch all the uh, letters from the king. Okay, the fastest horses were sent, chariots were sent, hastened by the king's command, and the decree was proclaimed in Susha, the citadel. So the king and Haman sat down to, ah, that's it. Life is full of pleasure. It's always thinking about themselves and pleasure, avoiding pain and maximizing pleasure in life. That is the reason why we have Swiggy. How to maximize pleasure. Right? If not KFC, if, when did, see, even if we have to go to a food court, you have only three or four options. Right? You go to food court in, uh, in orbit. Or some other food court like, let's say Las Vegas over here. Six or seven options will be there. Swiggy? Ah! Infinity! Any option is there. Biryani is from different, different people. Paradise you want. Friend circle you want. Or Swagat you want. Swagat grand you want. Not Swagat ordinary. Swagat grand is also there. You want full or half. You see, the options we have. If we have maximizing pleasure and minimizing pain. That is what this, this world is for. What is it? Maximizing pleasure. We'll come to that point. It's a very significant point for us in these last days. Do not get used to a life of ease. Comfort. Cushions. Yeah, that's what you should have a good bank balance. What is it? It's, it acts like a cushion. Yeah, cushion. <laughs> Will give into a life of ease. The faith and flesh don't go together. It's totally antithetical to each other. See. Another thing about this guy. 
Turn to Mordecai chapter 6. Sorry, not Mordecai chapter 6. Esther chapter 6. Why am I saying? <laughs> See, I, I should... <laughs> so it was uh, involuntary, okay? It was involuntary. I'm thinking Mordecai only. Okay. So I was thinking, it was a very strange dream I had. I was thinking binomial theorem expansion. 1, point, one, point, one plus x to the power of n. I, I was wondering why, why did I even get that dream? And I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I said, my goodness, why did I even get that dream? <laughs> Maybe I was thinking about binomial. <laughs> I don't know. A binomial expansion came to my mind. Oh. And who was giving me the formula for binomial expansion in the dream? Zach Bunan. A very interesting dream I had. Okay. <laughs> very, very funny dream and interesting dream. Okay. Anyway. That, that night, no, no, this is, uh, this is, uh, um, Esther chapter 6 and verse 5. Now this is for you know the story. So I'm 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 just looking at the characteristics of Haman. Okay, Haman, king's servant said to him, Haman is here, standing in the court. And the king said to him, Let him in. Look at the questions of the king. Okay. So the king, so Haman came in, and the king asked him, What shall be done for the man whom the king delights to honor? What is he thinking? Who is he thinking about? Uh, me. <laughs> Who else, Baba? What does it mean? Haman means? Numero, you know. Me, 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 me. Nobody's as good as me. I'm indispensable. Nobody can replace me. A lot of people have those <laughs> ideas in companies, you know. You're irreplaceable. Who said? Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. Lucifer said it. Exactly. Lucifer said that. What is it? What shall be done to the man whom the king desires on? Oh, he is thinking about himself. Look at this fellow's ego quotient. Okay. It's called EQ, not IQ. Whom, whom would the king delight to honor more than me, he said. He thought himself in his heart. Haman answered, For the man whom the king delights to honor, let a royal robe be brought. Where's the King had one. Okay. And the horse in which the king has ridden. Does it not look, sound like Satan? I will exalt my throne above the hand of, above the throne of God. I will be like the most high. Okay. Which has a royal crest placed on its head. On whose head? The horse's head. Then let this robe and the horse be delivered to the hand of the one of the king's most notable princes. Now think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Now who is the most notable princess among this, among the entire clan? Haman himself. Who is the most notable uh, uh, apart from Haman? The king. That means who should do this to the to Haman? King himself should do it. Look at that fellow's ego here. Because king promoted him as the as a noble among all nobles. Now, who's more noble than the king now? So can you imagine? Look at his imagination. That means, see, these things don't come so easily. He was imagining it all the while. So let the most noble of the king's princes come. 
that he may array the man whom the king delights to honor. And then what shall he do? Then parade him on the horseback, the city square, and proclaim before him, thus shall be done to whom the man whom the king delights to honor. This guy is full of ego. I told you, right? It's a height of... You see, what is he thinking about? All but himself, 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 himself. So what insecure people always think about themselves. Yeah, they don't want anybody to take their place. You know what Jesus says? He did not think equality with God as something which has to be grasped. Excuse me, sorry. My wife says, giants despair's wife is diffidence. Okay, she's following. See that? Thus it shall be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. It's like ego. Nobody has to take his position. And look at how the king responds. I love the way the king responds. Hurry! Okay. Take the robe. Okay, okay. And he's thinking, oh! And the horse. As you have suggested. And do so. And he's thinking about who? Himself. To. You know, this is the, this is, this is flesh boss. What does the flesh think about? Himself. 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 It says in John's Gospel chapter 7, the whole world is going after him. And if this continues, somebody else will take our place. Our places will be gone. And suddenly one fellow has a brainstorm. It is expedient for one man to die. That's what the flesh does. It wants to destroy the spirit. See, that is Mordecai. That is Haman. See, the heights of this guy. And actually, he's a very, in fact, no, he's a very timid fellow. The moment he knows that he's out of the king's favor, he's gone. He's a scared fellow. In fact, when the Jew gets promoted, you know what happens to Amman's face? Totally crestfallen. He cannot rejoice in somebody else's success. If somebody else becomes good, somebody else has success, like Saul, thousands, ten thousands, finished. Finished. There ends the matter for Saul. He cannot delight in somebody else's success. In somebody else's anointing. They want only, they only think about themselves. So, be very careful. We don't have this kind of a spirit. On the other hand, let us look at Mordecai. You know what the word Mordecai means? <laughs> Guess. Excuse me? No, that is Hadassah. <laughs> you know what Mordecai means? What does Paul mean? Little. What does Mordecai mean? Little man. That's what it means. It's amazing, you know. It's amazing. Saul was a from which tribe? 
Benjamin. Okay, well, who's his father? Kish. Okay, Mordecai from which tribe? Benjamin. Whose father is he? Kish is his father. Okay, maybe another Kish. We don't know. Okay, Paul was what? Benjamin. Three Benjamins in the Bible. One bad, two good. So Paul had a choice to either be like Saul, all become Mordecai. So if I were to call Paul another name, is Paul will become Mordecai. That's what it means, little man. Paul means what? Little, small, little. Little man, that's what it means. Mordecai means little man. <laughs> I love that. See, the exact opposite to Haman, which is pride, is what? Humility. Now look at this. Humility has got incredible boldness. Okay, we'll come to that. The boldness of humility. Lord, humility doesn't mean, oh, you'll be scared and all that stuff. No, 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 no. Okay, scared people are actually proud people, like Haman. Okay. Fearless people are bold and humble. Why? You know why? The boldness comes from? From God. <laughs> the righteous are bold as a lion. Why the, why the righteous are bold as a lion? Because the righteousness is of God. And you will see, this guy Mordecai is totally, totally depending upon God for his vindication and not on anything else. Okay, Let's come to uh, Esther. I'm almost tempted to call it Mordecai. Esther chapter 2 verse 5 now there in the citadel there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai the son of Jai the son of Shimei the son of Kish uh, Benjamin isn't it interesting what does Jew mean Yehudi of which tribe Judah, Judah. That's what it means. But what? Which, which tribe is he from? Benjamin. Why? He is not a Jew who is one outwardly. He is the one who is inwardly. And you will see this guy is totally interested in what life? Inner life. Okay. Let's move on to next verse. This is introduction. He. There was a man called. Uh, Mordecai, who was a Jew, he still doesn't, does not call himself a Jew, by the way. Not yet. He only calls himself a Jew sometime later. Okay. That is in chapter 4, when the king's decree comes. Chapter, chapter 3, yeah, chapter 4, when the king's, uh, chapter 3, when the king's decree comes, uh, that everybody should uh, fall before Haman, he refuses. For some reason. We'll come to that later. So, 2 5. Esther chapter 2 verse 5. Uh, Sushan, there was a, there was a Jew who was, who was he? He's a little man. What, the, what does Mordecai mean? Little man. First thing, first lesson in Christianity. What is it? Humble yourself. Humility does not mean servility. Humility means literally coming under the hand of God. Literally humble yourself. Repentance, only humble people can do, can, uh, can repent. Literally. Only you humble people. Okay. Think about this. When we, even as I am telling that to you, I am getting convicted. Okay. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and what? 
he will exalt you in due time and you will see exactly what it happens what happens to mordekai one guy who is absolutely humble okay second thing let us go to um, chapter 2 and verse 7 he was a captive okay verse 7 and mordekai had brought up hadasa <laughs> that is esther his uncle's daughter for she neither had father nor mother the young woman was lovely and beautiful when her father and mother died mordekai took her as his own daughter first thing second thing this guy does is he disciples somebody okay. mentors esther then was 9 and 10 now young man pleased him this is hegai and she obtained his favor and she readily gave beauty preparations to her besides her allowance then seven choice maid servants were provided for her the king's palace and he moved her from her maid servants uh, quarters to the best place in the house of the women now look at this the young woman found what favor who finds favor god gives grace to the humble okay so she is also a very humble girl okay so humble parents have should have humble children and he literally mentored her how do we know that she was humble was was 10 esther had not revealed her family or people for mordekai charged her not to reveal it you see this is the authority that he had you see there is a difference between position and authority saul had a position david had authority position he only honored the position because the office that he had but the authority had was with somebody else okay jesus came and was teaching they said with a stunned with the authority with which he preached he did not preach as the scribes it says he had the authority and they asked him by whose authority <laughs> and he asked them also another question we don't want to go there see this this it's it's like you know abraham right abraham what commanded his children the guy who literally mentored his own household well he had a woman or a girl in his home who would obey and and honor him and in a, in a, how did he do that because he led by example we'll see that later on okay and verse um 11 every day mordekai paced in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of what esther's welfare and what was happening to her look at this he's concerned about her literally concerned for not just the normal well-being of the child for the spiritual well-being of the child whether she compromised how is she behaving and then you know esther you know the story of esther esther is like hey guy she tells her we are not concerned in esther today we are only looking at the man of the spirit and the man of the flesh more the kind of okay and was uh uh 18 and 19 together okay if you can put both of these together then the king made a great feast the feast of esther boy This guy's I told you know his life is full of banquets for all his officials and she knew how to attract this fellow's favor also how by preparing a banquet not one day two days you see how she wants to soften his heart 
that's what it says no a man's way to a man's heart is to his <laughs> esther understood very well okay <laughs> the king made a great feast the feast of esther for all his officials and servants and he proclaimed a holiday in the provinces and gave gifts according to the generosity of a king when virgins were gathered together a second time when virgins were gathered together a second time mordecai sat where now within the king's gate now what has happened she recommended to the king and said you know what my uncle please give him a position of honor is is at which gate now at the king's gate now let's come to verse 19 onwards 20 onwards 20 onwards <clears throat> now esther had not revealed her family and her people just as mordecai had charged her for esther obeyed the command of mordecai as she was brought up by him what a tremendous in other words a man of discipline okay you know what how we should write it for ourselves maybe be as people who will obey our spiritual leaders or spiritual authority okay obey the commands as we have been brought up in the church that should be our motto okay mordekai hmm? verse 21 in those days while mordekai sat within the king's gate in other words this guy is not sloppy in his business two of the king's eunuchs biktan and teresh Biktan means wine press. Teresh means, I don't know. I think I forgot the name. Uh, Biktan means wine press. Doorkeepers, they were also eunuchs, became furious and sought to lay hands on the king Ahasuerus. So the matter became known to Mordecai, who told Queen Esther, and Esther informed the king in whose name? Mordecai's name. And when an inquiry was made into the matter, it was confirmed, and both were hanged on a gallows, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king. Stop there. After this, king forgets. Think about this. Does he love the king? Does he honor the king? Absolutely. Turn with me to First Peter, <coughs> chapter 2. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> chapter 2, verse <coughs> th- uh, 13 onwards. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to the governors as those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God. You see, such such a fantastic, there are several wills of God. This is the will of God, your sanctification. This is the will of God. That you give thanks to him all the time. Third, this is the will of God that by doing good, what is the doing good over here in this context? To submit to the authorities that God has instituted. That by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now think about it. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of God. Now think about this. So what gives you strength? Doing the will of God gives you strength. So why do? why are we not uh, uh, strong? Because we do not do the will of God. Simple. Why was David powerful, strong and powerful against the powers of darkness? Because he did the will of God. And when did he become weak and fall? When he did not do the will of God. At the time when kings go to battle, that was the will of God. 
and did not go. And he fell. The strength of a man, the spiritual strength of a believer is directly proportional to how much of the will of God he is willing to obey. My food is to do the will of God. What gives me strength? To do the will of God gives me strength. Doing the will of God gives me spiritual strength. I have a history with God. And therefore that history with God gives me the confidence for the next battle. If you do not have a history with God, hmm, I have no confidence. Why was David strong? Because he had a history. What was his history? A lion came. A bear came. And then he had a strength with Goliath. Why did he have the history to restrain? I mean, how, how did he have the ability to restrain himself from killing Saul? Because he always did the will of God. See, will of God. You see, strength is directly proportional to the will of God. And why do the mighty fall? Because they do not do the will of God. That's the reason why it says he cries and he laments for Saul and Jonathan. What does he say? Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Why? Because they were weak spiritually. Because they never did the will of God. And what are three important wills of God? The standard wills of God. Before we go to the specific will of God. You know what? Sanctification. Second, thanksgiving. Third, submission. Exactly. Submission to every God-ordained authority. And verse 16, as free yet not losing your liberty as a cloak for wise, but as what? Bond servants of God. And verse 17, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Period. What is this? This is the will of God. Understood? Everybody? So what does this Benjamite little man do? He does the will of God. He honors all people. He loves the brotherhood, fears God and honors the king. Remember when uh, uh, when uh, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream about about that beast, etc. No, Him becoming a beast. He calls Daniel and Daniel says something very interesting. May this happen to those people who hate you. What does it mean? Did Daniel love the king? Absolutely. Did he honor the king? Absolutely. But did he have a compromise? No. So, Mordecai was a man who did everything as unto God and not as unto man, as Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 will say. Let us read that. 3.23, Colossians. Whatever you do, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to man, because man will forget as it happened right now. And God allows man to forget. Because you should never get promotion before your time. This is a time, specific time for promotion. Just imagine if you would have promoted him this time. Immediately after he was recognized, after the plot was uncovered, if you would have promoted Mordecai, what would have happened to him? Would he be useful? No. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of, you know what Mordecai said? I don't care. I just have to do what I am supposed to do. Simple. What, what am I supposed to do? Honor the king. Love the brotherhood. And whatever, there was an insinuation, sorry, against the king, I'll stop it. As much as in my capacity. Where, where, where am I placed? I'm placed at the king's gate. And that is my responsibility. The king's protection is my responsibility. See? It's my duty. I'm not doing it for him. I'm doing it as unto God. Next, let's go to Esther chapter 3 now. <clears throat> Another thing about Mordecai. 
verse 3, uh, 1, 1 to uh, 1 to 4. Hmm. 1 to 4, yeah. After these things, King Ahasuerus promoted Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes who were with him. And all the king's servants who were within the king's gate bowed and paid homage to Haman. Now tell me, who is who is the other king's servant over here? Mordecai. What is he supposed to do? He should... What is he doing over here? I'll come to, I'll come to it. See, you see, see, you see, I'm placing everything in order so that you'll understand the spiritual significance over here, okay? For a, so the king had commanded concerning him. Concerning whom? Haman. Who commanded? The king commanded. So, and you should now therefore honor the king. Ah. But Mordecai would not bow or pay Homage, you know, why? Because he knew who this fellow was. He was what? An Agagite. The enemy of what all God stands for. He is the enemy of the law of God. And I will not surrender to anybody who is against the law of God. As long as the king's law is within the law of God, I am bound to submit to him. And if it's against the law of God, no. Should we obey God or obey you? The, 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 The disciples asked. The apostles asked, should we ever, uh, is, it is better for us to obey God than to obey, obey man. And they, you know what Peter says in first Peter chapter four, he says, it is, if it is the will of God, it is okay and it is good that you suffer as a Christian. It is better for you to suffer by doing righteousness and not, are not compromising. First Peter chapter three and also first Peter chapter four. You know what entire book of Peter is to how to suffer successfully. First Peter chapter, first Peter and second Peter. What is it? How believers will suffer? How do you suffer successfully? For so the king had commanded concerning him, but Mordecai would not bow or pay homage because you know why? Haman stands for everything which is anti-God and I will not bow to him. Even if it is kings. In the first civil disobedience movement, you know where it started? In Esther. That is the reason why you should start, you should write it as Mordecai. First act of civil disobedience. I will not pay homage to this guy. Oh, you're a Christian. You're supposed to honor the king. No. Only as long as the king's law honor my God. And if they do not honor my God, I am not bound to honor the king. I only honor God. That is the reason why I was never even bothered if the king didn't recognize him. You know why? He was working as unto God and not unto man. That is a man of the spirit. A humble man who honors everybody. Okay? And he works as unto God and not as unto man. And you know what? And if any law goes against the king's law, the king's law, the king's law, he will not bow to it. 9420. You know, we saw that. Don't have to turn there. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. And now he reveals his identity. Let's, let's, let, let's read verses 3 and 4. And the king's servants who were within the king's gates said to Mordecai, why do you transgress the king's command? Now it happened when they spoke to him daily, he would not listen to them that they told it to Hamam to see whether Mordecai's words would stand for Mordecai had told them that he was a... Now he reveals his identity and he says, I am a Jew. This guy stands for everything which is not of God and I will not bow to him. No way. No way. You see, 
you know, is very, when we look at these things, we are only looking at an extreme situation. You know, let me give you a simple, simple ordinary situations. Do, I, I remember, I think it was, uh, Richard Wumbran. Richard Wumbran's, uh, wife said, honey, can we go to a movie today? It's been, it's been a real, real tough week. Just for relaxation, let's go to the movie. And Richard Wumbran said, no, I'm not coming. And, and she was like so f- upset about that. I'm not asking you to come uh, come to a um, th- some, something which is it's only for relaxation. What is this? Too much into this Christianity, this uh, this uh, this Bible and everything. Come on, just for a one hour, one day movie. What's the whole point? What's the, what's wrong in that? You know what what uh, Richard Wumbram re- uh, replied? He said, you know, in that movie there's a particular scene which I, I know somebody told me of, and if I watch that movie and pay my money for that movie, you know what I'm doing? I'm sanctioning that. I'm sanctioning that. So if you have subscriptions to Netflix, Hotstar, Z5, anything more, Sony Live, Amazon Prime, YouTube uh, Prime, no? What are you doing? Sanctioning. Somebody was telling me, I do not want to subscribe to YouTube. I think Sammy was telling me the other day. He said, I do not want to subscribe. I know there are so many benefits of it, but if I subscribe to this, I'll be sanctioning whatever they say and I don't want to sanction them. The first act of civil disobedience. You know what? This is against my God's law and I'm not going to bow to it. You know, it starts in little things in our lives. Do we sanction? If you sanction, if you have a Netflix subscription, you know what you are sanctioning actually? You are paying for pedophilia. You are paying for it. Think about that. See, all that is in the world, including Hollywood, Bollywood, ideas, etc. Tomorrow I have a, a youth meeting, not tomorrow, day after tomorrow. They gave me a topic the influence of pop culture and media on modern day Christians. What a topic to give. Have you seen that? I mean, think about it, no? How much money we have spent on movies, right? On debaucherous stuff. I had, when I was in Canada, I had a subscription. Those days, even, by the way, in Canada and US, they still use uh, VHS. Ah! They love VHS. VCRs are still there. They are, we are like, we are so modern, no? We are, uh, they like VHS tapes and those days they used to have VHS tapes. I, I subscribe to a library. Now most wild stuff and good stuff was there. So when, by subscription, subscribing to the library, what I was doing? Sanctioning. Sanctioning. Oh, Vijay, you're too much Vijay. Just think about it, no? After your anger subsides. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it now. Too much, Vijay. Just think about after your anger subsides. Do you want our children to grow in that kind of an environment? I'm already concerned about the way things are moving. I mean, if uh, if my daughter has to fill an application form to a university and she comes to this place called gender and she says, Dad, what is this? Gzar? Gzi? Mar? What am I supposed to call myself here? 
think, 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 think. It starts in little things. Mm-hmm. He refused. He reveals his identity. And then, of course, Mordecai, I mean, Haman looks at it, he doesn't want to even just finish off Mordecai, he wants to finish off the entire Jew. You know why? Because as long as one Jew stands, I'm talking about Jews, meaning what? He's not just talking about ordinary Jews. This guy is a Benjamite. Even Saul is a Benjamite. He says, I'm the Benjamite, I'm a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin, but all these things are rubbish, but he is a Jew who is only what? Inwardly. It is what? We are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, who rejoice in Christ Jesus, and who have no confidence in the flesh at all. We are a Jew who is inwardly. And what he wants to finish off all Jews, meaning he wants to finish off everybody who takes a stand against the laws of the land when the laws of the land are against the God, or against the laws of God. He stands, he takes a stand. So what, what does he do? Let's go on. When Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay homage, Haman was filled with he makes the enemy mad. When you make the enemy mad, you know you're on the right track. He doesn't make the king mad. He makes who mad? Haman mad. The king is not concerned. He makes the he makes Haman mad. Man of flesh mad. The compromised mad. What happens then? Let's go back to chapter 3. Verse 8, Haman said to King Hassel, there are certain people scattered and dispersed. And you know that story. Let us make a law to finish them off. So he gives him the signet ring. He bribes his way. I told you, you know, 10,000 talents of silver, I'll give it to the king's treasury. King gives him the signet ring and do whatever you want. And the thing goes, let's turn to Esther chapter 4. Let's read verses 1 to 4. When Mordecai learned all that had happened, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes and went out in the midst of the city. He cried with a loud and a bitter cry. He went as far as the front of king's gate for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with... He still honors the king. Do you see that? Still honors the king. He honors the king, but he does not honor the law, which is against the law of God. And then what happens? And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was a great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Put a full stop there and just put verse 4 as, as it is. Okay, I want to read this verse. It's powerful. I mean, when you read this verse, you have to really, really examine your heart. Verse 4. So Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her. And the queen was deeply distressed. Ah, and she... Send garments to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away from him, but he refused to accept them. What a statement that is. Hey, hey, why are you sending me clothes? Do you think I don't have money to buy clothes? Or do you think I've, uh, I'm so poor? I brought you a body. What are you? Don't you even know? Are you so blinded? Has the comfort of the palace reduced your spiritual sensitivity, Esther? 
Don't you, are you not embarrassed to what is going on? Are you, are you not aware? See how comfort has a very subtle way of dulling your spiritual senses. What is that? Automatically comfort self, you, you look for what, what preservation? Self-preservation. Oh, I am safe. Not a problem. I can take care of you also, uncle. Because I am in a position of leadership. And what do you know? What he says? I refuse, he says. I refuse to take your clothes. What a statement to make, my dear brothers. Isn't it interesting when Uriah comes to, to David? The Ark of the Covenant is there in the, in the, uh, is in the tents. My Lord, the, my Joab are in the tents and, uh, my brothers are in the tents. They are all fighting and you are asking me to go eat and drink and sleep with my wife? No, King, no. I'll not do it. I'll not do it. Those are convictions. I cannot be bought. What a man. You see, Mordecai's are humble, but they are not fearful. They are bold. You know why? Their vindication is not from kings. Their vindication is from God. That is the reason why it says, he is a Jew. Let's go to Romans chapter 2, verse 28, bro. So many times we have to look at it. I love that verse. 228. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is of the heart and the spirit, not from the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. The word for praise is doxa. Whose applause, whose glory is not from men, but from God. What are we? What are, what are we? We, are cl- we were clothed with the glory. We were clothed with the righteousness of God. And now I'm clothed with the righteousness of God. I don't need anybody else's praise. I don't need it. I don't need it. I refuse to clothe myself. Can you refuse? You see how comfort dullens? It, it, it kind of takes away that spiritual edge from you, right? Huh? It, it, what is it? Morphine. Yeah, exactly. Morphine. It's, it's morphine. Comfort is morphine. My pastor keeps telling us, no, don't give uh, your children stuff immediately. Let there be a process in which they get it. Let them work for it. Let it come slowly. We call, we have a uh, we have a term in uh, in 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 economics. It's called dash gratification. No, 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 delayed. Yeah, instant gratification and delayed gratification. And a believer subscribes to which doctrine? Ah, delayed gratification, not instant. Delayed. Let it come from the hand of God. It's okay. Amazing. This is guy, this guy really, really stuns me, right? Mordecai, the little. Okay. And, and Esther is stunned. Maybe she was unaware. Think about it, no? What does, what, what it tells me is this. The comforts of the palace have made you unaware of the spiritual reality outside. That is what is the, is the, is the incredible thing about comfort. That is the reason why Hebrews chapter 13 will say, join with those people who are going through suffering and persecution as if bound together in chains with them. You cannot be spiritually callous at all. Your heart should be absolutely on fire. 
That is the reason why seasons of fasting are recommended. Okay. Not feasting. Even though, if God wants you to feast, feast. You should also know how to abase and how to abound. Actually, if you fast, after a period of time, your appetite will reduce. Right? Now, I mean, honestly, nowadays I can't eat so much. Those days I used to eat tons and tons of rice <laughs> and sambar. Now two, three morsels finish my belly is like full. Thank God. Because fasting shrinks your belly. The other, the other day I went, went to my dad. He said, Vijay, what do you do for uh, during your walking? I see you lost your paunch. I said, I did not walk actually, I fasted. I said, okay, good. I can see that your, fa- is gone, uh, your paunch is gone. I felt so nice. Still, it has to go down. Okay. Still more. Hmm? Flat belly. What, what belt around his waist? A leather belt around his waist. Okay. If you have to take your leather belt more to the shop to make more holes, blessed are you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> What is it? Fasting and slack sackcloth. He says, you know what? The comforts of the palace, Esther, has blinded you to the things which are going out outside. You are completely unaware. You are insulated from the world, the reality. And the proud fact of the matter is, many people are like Esther. For absolutely, they're good people. They're not bad people. They're good people. They're godly people. They're submissive people. But you know what? They are not aware of the spiritual reality. I know, I meet so many people like that. So many people, good Christians, nice, honest, God, God-fearing Christians who are completely camouflaged by comfort. Not camouflaged, they are completely surrounded by comfort. Camouflage is a, is a good word, is a positive word. No, they are not. They are totally surrounded by comfort. They don't know what is, go- what is going on. And they are still hoping that the things will come back to normal and life will be normal as usual. Life is not going to be normal as usual. You know what? There is a law which is against the law of God. And it has come out as decree. 9420 is happening. What is 9420? Psalm 9420. Unrighteousness by decree, by law is being passed. I should not call you mother anymore. Father anymore? What is wrong with you guys? And you're okay with it? And you're not distressed? You're not fasting and praying? Think about that. What has happened? In a comfort of the palace has dulled your spiritual senses. That's a reality. So then what happened? Mordecai says something to the eunuchs who send these clothes. Let's go back to Esther chapter 4. Verse 5. Esther called Hatak, one of the king's eunuchs whom he had appointed to attend her and she gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn what and why this was. Why did he refuse clothes? She is not aware. I told you. So Hatak went out to Mordecai in the city square that was in the front of king's gate. Remember the king's gate? Okay. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasures to destroy the Jews. And he says, gave, gave the copy of the decree. Okay. So, and she said, you know what? Go to the king and make a plea. Use your position. 
to save our people. Look at Esther's response. Verse 9. Verse 10. Yeah, verse 10. Then Esther spoke to Hatak and gave him a command for Mordecai. What? 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 Command? You know why? Because she's, she's also what? Queen? All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court of the king who has not been called, he has but one law. Put all to? <coughs> Excuse me. Except the one whom the king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king for these 30 days. You see that? What is it? Self-preservation. Is she good? Yeah, it's a good girl. I told you, no? Many people are like that. Self-preservation. We still are not at that point. But decisions have to be made at this point. Incrementally, we have to move in our attitude of saying, Lord, I surrender. Little, little things. Little, little things. I will not compromise. I will not compromise. I will not compromise. I will not compromise. So little, little, little things. The accumulation of those little things will make us into men of women and women of, of the class of Mordecai. I call it the class of Mordecai. Okay? That is the title of today's sermon. The class of Mordecai. Okay? And Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will. Yeah, I know what is, what is in your heart. Self-preservation. You see? You know, it's very interesting. No, In ent- entire Bible it says, uh, the Lord knows our hearts, the Lord knows our hearts, the Lord knows our God who knows the heart, God who knows the heart. Okay? Uh, the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Oh, who can know it? That means no man can know his heart. Thank you. Thank you, Sami. That's right. No man can know his heart. Only God can know. And somebody who is outside, ordained by God, knows your heart. That is the reason why, when we talk about examination, there is self-examination, it only takes you to a certain level. There is another examination, somebody else from outside has to examine you. <coughs> and then only you pass the exam, right? Like for example, we have self-evaluation, when we, when we are getting status for our school, or when uh, evaluation forms are given to us, there is something called a self-evaluation. How do you look at yourself? This is our estimate about ourselves. Then finally, the lady comes and she examines the school and she says, I give you my evaluation. This is what you think about yourself. <laughs> uh, and this is what I think. You know what David says? Lord, search me and know me. Try my hearts. See if there is any wicked way in me and what? Lead me into the paths of everlasting life. Take that to heart. Oh my goodness, our heart is deceitful above all things, my dear brothers. We are not little people. We are little Hamans. So true. So true. If you think about the amount of thoughts that you have about yourself and for yourself as to what you want to do for God. And you want to have that name. I did it. It is no longer worldly ambition. This is uh, spiritual ambitions in a worldly way. Oh my goodness. This is remarkable deception of the last days. Humble ourselves. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than any other what Jews. 
you will be found out at this moment if you escape no your sin will find you out for if you remain completely silent at this time and that is the reason why i'm so frustrated with some of the so called men of god who are what not just silent completely silent at this time relief and deliverance will arise for the the jews true jews as i told you no one and maggie the jew has attended the funeral of every man who wanted to kill him from another place but you and your father's house will perish yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this you know what this is this is only a suggestion it's still not a command what will you do now will you still try to preserve yourself or will you you know what mordekais are mordekais are those people who challenge others with words of exhortation who spur people into action you know why because they are just not teachers they are shepherds what did i say Ah, let's do. Let's turn to Prasangi. Sorry, Ecclesiastes, chapter twelve, verse nine and two, eleven. One of my favorite verses. Okay, I will come to this any time, any every preaching. Okay, I will not leave this. Okay, and moreover, because the preacher was wise and is and he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought. to find acceptable words and what was written was upright words words of truth the words of the wise are like what goods and the words of the scholars are like well driven nails given by one shepherd can you look at the living trans living bible please nlt tlb both this particular was this only 11 because it was 11 only was 11 the wise teachers would spur students into action and emphasize on important truths the collected sayings of the wise are like the guidance from a shepherd good fellows esther what are you going to do what are you going to do abigail esther what are you going to do if you are listening to my voice i hope i spurred you into action i keep telling her revise your tables every day okay important truths they are <laughs> okay the collected sayings of the wise are like guide guidance from a shepherd you see that and what is it you she gets into action now oh see this is what it is you know what she does not only look at her earthly head she looks at her spiritual head that is my point problem is lot of people don't have spiritual heads they are headless exactly take things into your hands okay of course we know what esther does we are not looking at esther we are looking at one lesson one more lesson about mordekai okay and then we will stop for the day i know five more minutes i have some exciting things about mordekai i love this guy oh shoot 
Are we okay? <coughs> is it working? Excel is working? Praise God. One more truth about Mordecai and we'll start. Mm-hmm, no problem. came back. Praise God. So, <clears throat> let's go back to uh, Esther chapter 6 now. Verse 9 and 10. King's robe and the horse to be delivered to the hand of the one king's most noble princess, that he may array the man whom the king delights to honor, then parade him on the horseback through the city square and proclaim before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Then the king said to Haman, take the robe, hurry. And the horse, as you have suggested. And do so for Mordecai the who? Can you imagine the king has already forgotten about the Jew? What decrees have been given to against the Jews? Who sits within the king's gate. Leave nothing undone of all that you have spoken. But I love Mordecai. Okay, let us read verse 9. Okay, verse, nine, uh, verse 11. I'm not sure. Yeah. So Haman took the robe and the horse. And I want to imagine this scene, okay? If I were to make a movie, the expressions I want to capture. Okay. Robe and, and the horse arrayed Mordecai, led him on a horseback through the city square, proclaimed before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. And then what happened? Afterwards, underline this in your Bible. Mordecai went back to the King's Gate and Haman He never left his post. Success did not even go into his head. You know what? What good is my success? When my people are going to die in his own. I'm exalted. Back to the city's gate. Back to the King's Gate. Back to my post. In other words, nothing that the king had done to him, went into his, you know why? He was little man, little man, little man. And second thing, what good is the success if my people, you know, it's like he's got the, all this Nehemiah, Ezra, Mordecai, they all have the same spirit. What good it is if I am in the king's palace becoming the king's cupbearer when my city is lying in ruins? What good is my success? Is my PhD? Is my, is my, what, uh, honor in the wealth and my bank account and my success in this world and my, and my degrees and the, and the things that I've accrued in this world if my people are perishing? First Timothy, chapter 6, verses 16 onwards. Who alone, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man can see or, ha- or has seen or can see, to whom to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Verse 17. Command huh, those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. Not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly 
all things to enjoy. He has given us. Therefore, whatever he has given me, whom should I use it for? My God. And then go on. Verse 18. Let them do good. That they may be rich in good works. Ready to give. Willing to share. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. That they may lay hold on to what life? Eternal life. Next verse. Verse 20. O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Avoid profane and idle babblings, contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, etc. You see, come on. My riches, Lord, are for you. My talents are for you. All these temporary things I'm not going to. You know what it says about, about Moses? He was, Though he was a king, you know what he did? He chose to identify himself with the people of God. He chose the sufferings of Christ rather than the passing pleasures of sin. Sufferings of Christ. And the passing pleasures of sin. So where was he back? Back to the king's gate. Back to his post. Can we be like that? (laughs) Vijay, it was a good sermon. Thank you. Who else can give a better sermon than me? God will prove you otherwise wrong. Where should you go back? And become? Little. Little in your own side. That is the class of Mordecai. Are we of the class of Mordecai? Think about that. How antithetical it is to Haman, right? Haman wanted this and this guy did not want any of the king's praise. And finally, king honors him, no? He gives him the place of Haman and he gives him his ring. And what does he use his authority for? For protecting his people and not destroying them. Why? Because he's a what? A shepherd. See, God is looking for Mordecai's in these last days. I'm, you know why? Because there are Hamans rising all around. Yeah, there is no time. We are literally living in those times of where Haman is there all around. The man of lawlessness is being revealed in everybody. In everybody. It's just not one lawless. See, that fellow, lawless fellow cannot come there unless everybody is what? Lawless. Because we are living in a democracy. What do lawless people want? Lawless kings. Yadha Raja, Tadha Praja in Sanskrit. What is Yadha Raja, Tadha Praja? Means as the king, so are the people. But who's king in democracy? The people. So the people are lawless. The king will be lawless. Hamans are rising all around. And God is looking for who? Not Esther's actually. Mordecai's. That is the reason why involuntarily said Mordecai. Of the class of Mordecai. And what does Mordecai mean? Little man. They are not looking for honor, position. They are having what on their bodies? Sackcloth and ashes. What good is position if I don't have a burden for God's people? Right? If I don't have burden for souls. 
if i don't have the have the heart to to strengthen the weakest in my in my flock right it's good it's a position amen of the class of mordecai let's pray father so many truths lord you have kept in your scripture it is not for our enjoyment it is for our learning all these things have been written in this word for our learning upon whom the ends of the world and the ages have come and truly lord we see all around haman's rising but lord you are looking for those little people mordekais who will be found at their post who will not allow the 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 pleasures of this world to dullen their senses to make them insensitive to the spiritual realities around the spiritual peril that the world and the church is facing in these last days who will not give, send out gifts of clothes to cover those people who are mourning with sackcloth and ashes but will join them in their fast Father may you find such a people in us May you find Lord may you find beginning with me oh Lord Lord may you find such a people who are of the class of Mordecai To that and I pray that you would anoint all of us strengthen us in our resolve even in these last days We thank you we praise you we give you glory For in Jesus mighty name amen God bless you all see you all in the evening